Hi, this is Tom Brevoort, and you are listening to the Captain America Comic Fans Podcast. Greetings, Cap fans. Welcome to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Verbanis. This is episode 135. Uh, I am joined by the best gosh darn co-host out there. That is Mr. Bob Lucius. Oh, hey, Bob. I became what? Bulimic. You can read minds. Ah, <laughs> oh, Derek Zoolander. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. You got it. Oh, one of my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he just gave the the pursed lips. Yeah, the blue steel, buddy. Blue oh, steel. you gotta uh, you gotta <laughs> throw the blue steel at me. Nice. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm not holding back. You never uh, know when you're gonna like snap one of those screenshots for the uh, Facebook group. I want to be ready. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you gotta love Ben Stiller. Uh, oh, was a... those, both of them were great movies. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of folks didn't like the second one as much, but I I adored it. Well. Yeah, it's it's Zoolander from two thousand and one. I'm glad you got that, Bob. I don't know how many of our listeners would have gotten it, but then again, yeah. we all know I only do this for me. Right. So, <laughs> uh, why did I quote that, Bob? That's an odd one to just pick out of the the air, don't you think? Yeah. Well, it's Zoolander, Zolandia. I mean, it's very similar, right? Would because that have anything to do with it? Well, well, yeah. What what's my what for ten? You're, episodes well, what am i yeah. supposed to be doing here your it's your z theme exactly yeah exactly it is my z theme because what are we covering today bob that is captain america volume seven number four now the first 10 issues of this volume seven written by rick remender and art by john remender jr and claus jansen and the it's castaway in dimension z Z for Zola. And so, yeah, my opening to you during these is uh, something that ties in with the letter Z. Now, it's way too hard to do 10 issues in, in, you know, one episode. So we're spreading it out over 10 episodes. So we are doing them the second Wednesday of every month. Now, if you have not listened to the first three parts, go back, start with episode 122, then listen 126, and then 131, that's parts one, two, and three. Then come back here for Castaway and Dimension Z, part four. I couldn't agree more, Rick. Now, why did I pick that quote from Zoolander? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, are you making fun of my weight? Because I will tell you, Rick, I, uh, I, I had my annual physical. Did you really? I did. I did. I had my yeah. blood work last week, went in for my annual physical. Uh -huh. I weigh exactly the same uh this week as I did the year ago this week. And so, and I was like, that, okay. is that a good thing? Well, you know, it's not bad. I mean, I, I could, okay. I could stand to lose like maybe, you know, another five pounds. Sure. Um, who can't? But you know, the nurse came in, she took my blood pressure, you uh -huh. know, took my temperature, you know, asked me a bunch of questions that were intrusive and personal. Mm -hmm. And I answered them all, you know, cheerfully. And, mm -hmm. and then she says, Oh, uh, you know, we have this new program called move. It's a weight loss program. <laughs> and she gave me a brochure uh and I, and I took it because it came with a free y membership 
So, and did she say? Did she say? She, the only way she could have made that better if she said it's a weight loss program for older people. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, and then she proceeded to say, "Oh, do you want this shot? Do you want this shot? Do you want that shot?" And I was like, "Do you charge for them?" And she said, "No." And I said, "Well, then I want them <laughs> because I don't turn down free things." So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, uh, so I, I thought maybe that comment was, you know, just a crack about my weight. No, no. The, the quote was, uh, I'm bulimic. Right. And then he says, you can read minds. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of reading minds yes. in this issue uh, that we're covering in this episode. So I thought it was an appropriate comment. Yeah. Or, nice, nicely done. Yeah. Well, you know me. Yeah. Full circle. Um, oh, there's some other funny comments quotes from that movie uh uh derek zoolander says to matilda why do you hate models honestly yes i think they're vain stupid and incredibly self-centered i totally agree with you but how do you feel about male models Oh, the whole uh, school for children who can't read good. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Uh, it really is. But it's totally yeah. funny quotes in yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I haven't seen that since it came out. I, I It's been 20 years. I need to go back and rewatch that. Definitely worth it. You know, that's, it probably deserves a sit down with me and the boy to catch up. Oh. Oh yeah, totally. At this point, yeah, Yeah, because when Owen Wilson's really good in it, Mm -hmm. and Will Ferrell, it's got a great cast. It's got all kinds of you know good. uh, What's up, uh, Mila Jovanovich? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That too, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a big Mm -hmm. fan of um, Ben Stiller movies. He's, he's, you know, oh, he's good. They kind of fly about below the radar sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. There was that one about the neighborhood watch I thought was uh, yeah, that was, that was okay. Yeah, it was okay. It wasn't yeah. like none of them are like you know Oscar material, but you know it's a. I can like sit there for a couple hours, drink a beer, and watch a Ben Stiller movie, and I come away satisfied. So, yeah. Now he's, I mean, dodgeball, dodgeball, right? Yeah. Oh he's, yeah. He's such a, a a person you love to hate in that movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then, well, and then, of course, then there's then he could play the ones that you know are adorable and you love to love. Like, what's the one with with De Niro? No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> Frank some beans. Frank some beans. <laughs> what one is that one? Um, oh, why gosh. can I not remember? The I name know. Of yeah, I can. Uh, I can it's rattling around. In my I, I wanted to say when Harry met Sally, but that's not right. But but no, it, yeah. why does it? Why do I want to say that? Oh gosh, what is that movie? Um, oh, uh, yeah, there's uh, it's something not, about Mary. Something, something about, about Mary. Mary. Cameron, That's Cameron what it is. Diaz, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and goodness. he's, but he's, yeah. you know, he's lovable in yeah. that one, right? But then he could go, he could play the the real jerk. And I loved him in Arrested Development, yeah. as the uh, as the um, the magician that was, you know, went up against Job. Did you ever watch that? I, I you've only caught a few episodes here. And oh my God. Yeah. Watch that series. My favorite all time comedy is mm. Arrested Development. Go back. You got to start with uh, season one. First three seasons are, are amazing. And then, then there's a lot of time off. They do a fourth season. Then there's a lot of time off. They do a fifth season. But uh, you know, my wife claims I have a man crush on, on uh, Jason Bateman. 
Um, cause he's just, you know, he's a few years older than me. Yeah. I, I, I did. I've always loved him and everything, you know, back when I was a kid and he was, he was in Fox and he, you know, he was on silver spoons and there was like the spinoff called, um, it's your move. Oh, and yeah. where, um, it was like a short one season where he played a, a prankster slash con artist. He was a teenager, but it was in this apartment complex. And then across the hall was this grown adult who was like his rival. And the two of them used to prank each other and, and like just one up each other and do like these uh -huh. horrible things. But the problem was, uh, and this is, I don't know, late eighties. I couldn't even tell you, uh, mid eighties. It was when Fox started. Uh -huh. Okay. Fox had only been out maybe one or two seasons at this point. And, and there was enough parents, moms, really, writing into Fox and complaining that their kids were doing these horrible things after watching this TV show <laughs> that it actually got taken off the air. Wow. Yeah. Cancel culture. I know. Right. And then, and then you know, he was, you know, in all those movies like, you know, Teen Wolf and mm -hmm. uh, a few other things. And then, and then he then he disappeared and then he came back in arrested development and it was like arrested development is my sense of humor it's very dry yeah very very dry um very you know off like throwaway lines mm -hmm. uh you know uh just some bizarre silly stuff but but all done in a in a dramedy type of way right and the, the cast is amazing it's an amazing cast, amazing writing. I, I I could go on and on, but yeah, just mm. you need to I, see uh, rest development. I, I worked for a, a guy once, a colonel that, uh, uh, you know, we get performance evaluations just like in the civilian world. And he, he wrote on a performance evaluation for my, my friend, dry wit, hard to get to know. <laughs> like who writes that on a performance evaluation? Well, you know, you know, it is like I, I get and listen, this is not something I'm proud of, but I kind of um, where my wife, my two children and, and a lot of will tell me this, but I know there's a lot of people who think this and don't tell me and they, and they, and they I never know when you're joking. And because I, I say things so flatly, so dryly that you know a lot of people don't know <laughs> i'm totally like just being a smart ass but yeah. i'm you know yeah. and that's and so i can see on a performance review someone writing something about me you know it's i never know when he's joking yeah he's uh he's are you hard being, to read are you being serious right now wouldn't you like I to know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well indeed Indeed. Dry wit. Hard to get to know, folks. It you is. It, you heard it here first. Yeah. Well, all right. So, but Bob, before we really get anything, I, I, I haven't asked you, how are you doing? What, you know, what's doing, your week doing? Like? Yeah, it's going all right. It's going all right. We're, you know, busy, busy. End of, the, end of the semester, wrapping that up, getting ready for the next semester, wrapping mm -hmm. down season. You know, I, we, we lead a lot of hikes and educational programs in my, my day job, but it's getting to the point now we're starting to get a little bit of rain down here and it's going to start picking up, you know, every day. And that means the trails get flooded and, and hard to get folks out there. They don't want to be up to water up to their butthole. So, so things will slow down a bit on that front. So we're just, I'm, I'm happy to, to sort of wrap, 
wrap it up and wind down and, and be able to focus on doing some planning and stuff and mm. get ready for next year. So how about you? Rainy season, huh? Mm. That reminds me of talk about dry humor. Um, <laughs> when I moved to Atlanta, uh, I, I, you know, I grew up in Delaware. And so when I moved to Atlanta, I, I you know, left a lot of my friends back home. And this was before the internet. This is before cell phones. Right, and yeah. so I, you would write letters back yeah. then, right? You would send postcards or write letters. So I decided to do a generic form letter. Oh, yeah. I, and I, and then I would, I, I typed it out. Yeah. Made copies and then I filled in their name <laughs> here and there, just as a smart ass, right? And yeah. I'd be like, dear blank. And I would write in Jeff, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's, it's been blank since I've talked to you last. And I would handwrite that in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just as a joke, you know, right. and I would yeah. do this. And uh, was I it remember... taken as a joke? <laughs> My friends knew me. <laughs> oh, okay, My friends okay. totally know me. Absolutely. Uh, and so, um, and I remember one of them was, you know, now that I'm living here in the South, um, I keep waiting for the popcorn, but it doesn't come. But we do get a lot of bursts of showers. I don't get it. <laughs> Popcorn showers. I've never heard of that phrase. Oh, that was a total phrase back then. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, well, yeah. Maybe in Georgia. It, well, it's a it's basically it a bursts of showers. Okay. You know, All you right. know, like you know, it is in Florida, right? Like, yeah. you know, you'll be having beautiful skies, and yeah. then showers come in every day yeah. for like five minutes, ten minutes, and then boom, they go away. Oh yeah. Uh, right. Never word. mind. I, if I, I have, have to explain that, I have another word for those, but I can't say that on the air because we use polite language. Mm. I hate those afternoon showers. Oh, can you just? Because I'm usually like doing something mm. outside at the time, and I'm like, oh. yeah, it starts with an F and ends with God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's not take the Lord's name in vain. No, Bob. no, 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 Please. no, no. All right. I mean, it's a, it's an honest request. Oh. I see. Prayerful, honest request. <laughs> mm, okay. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, how I'm doing. Um, yeah. So if my voice goes today, it's mm. because, uh, and I, if I nod off. American uh, Idol uh, audition? No, no. no. Uh, at work today was my, my big presentation. Uh, so that was at, um, that was just like five hours ago. Mm -hmm. Um but you know it, it's a lot of work and spent weeks getting ready for it mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of stress and then you 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 i drain my voice talking so my voice sounds a little weak it's perhaps because why and then you know uh, but it's over it's done with and uh you know starting tomorrow I'll start preparing for the next one do you do you, when you start you go Hold all questions to the end, please. <laughs> you do that. That's like that's a very military thing to do. That's uh, no, I actually yeah. didn't. I did the opposite. Did I said, you? okay, so um, this is going to be. I'm not going to just sit here and give a presentation. Um, don't raise your hand, like you know, because we're on Zoom or whatever. You know, uh -huh. don't raise your hand if uh, if you have a question. Just feel free to shout it out. This is a conversation. <laughs> uh, I want to have a discussion here and really talk yeah. this through. And, uh, you know, it's not going to be just me here talking about a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. How'd that go? Um, it was me talking about a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Everybody else is on mute and mute their camera. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. 
I go to a lot of faculty meetings like that and everybody mutes their camera. I don't, of course, because I like to, you know, I got to score points where I can. Mm -hmm. uh, so I look like. Mm. Oh yeah. When you got a, you hey, know, listen, when you got a moneymaker like that, Bob, yeah. you don't want to hide that. Oh no, no, I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Especially because it only shows from the neck up. They don't have to worry about the, the yeah. rest of it that apparently yeah. you need to. <laughs> yeah, and I'm usually weight, naked, weight loss so class. that would be inappropriate anyway. Yeah. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> I have to tell you a horrible story. So I have uh, a friend of mine. All right. I know this guy uh -huh. who um, he had, uh, he's a, he like, he's like a high ranking official at a, at a company. Okay. Okay. At a company. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say which business or no, no. anything like that. But he, uh, he was on a zoom call. Mm. This was a couple of years ago, like three years ago. And it was, um, he thought he had his camera off. Yeah. And it was hot. Yeah. So he took his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying he took a, he had a dress shirt and he took his dress shirt off and there was yeah. a t-shirt underneath. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. No, no. Was he a bodybuilder? No, no, no. <laughs> and, 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 and he's, he was probably in his early 60s at the time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah hot flashes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, he, yeah, yeah, HR had a yeah. conversation with him. <laughs> I was horrified when he told me this story. I felt so <laughs> awful for him because he's a super nice guy. Yeah, super nice guy, mistake. and he was just an honest mistake. Yeah, but um, yeah, he didn't know, and well, like, no, he, and no one told had, him. If he had had his cat filter on, he would have had six nipples. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All oh, right, that's, that's awesome. Bob. Celebrating birthday this week, we have a Captain America creator. Um, you know, today, if you're if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, it's May 10th. Um, his birthday is in four days, May 14th, and that is Mr. Dave Hoover. Dave Hoover, yes, yeah. God rest his soul. Exactly, Dave. Uh, Dave was on the very end of Mark Grunewald's run for Captain America on volume one. So he, he did uh, in 1994, 1995, he did issues 425 through 443. We haven't covered any of them mm -mm. because it's very long. It, it, 425 kicks off the fighting chance story, which was like a 13 parts. And then, and then it was the last, I don't know, seven parter or something like that, that, you know, in the armor. You know, mm -hmm, when the, mm -hmm. the last six or seven issues were caps in the armor, you know, so those were all Dave Hoover issues. So, yeah, he did. He did pass away uh, at the young age. I want to say it was like 56. Yeah. So he passed away in September of 2011. Um, but, yeah, it was a shame. And, and it was interesting uh, when we had Mike Rockowitz on the uh, editor during 90s uh, when Mark Grunewald was writing. Um and, and, and listen, if you want to check that out, that's episode 56. It was a great conversation with Mike about 90s comics and some of the hilarious behind the story stories. But um, he he actually was responsible for bringing Dave Hoover on to the Captain America series. He liked what he, he saw in the Invaders miniseries uh, back in 1993. Mm -hmm. So he, he decided to let Rick Levins go and bring on Dave Hoover. And so... Uh, Anyway, wishing, you know, 
just good thoughts towards Dave Hoover uh, on his upcoming birthday. Rick's wearing his uh, Red Skull shirt tonight, Rick. I like that shirt. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, we're both wearing red shirts tonight. We are. I'm wearing a Mr. Incredible, though, so. Hmm. Yeah. I don't have anything to say about that. Yeah, I know. This is, you know, I, I, it's my sleeping shirt, Rick. I'm in my Are you planning on nodding off during this? Well, like, I, I might put my head down, you know, just to rest. Mm-hmm. Sleep, just rest in my eyes. Okay. We'll do that. Um, all right. Let's get to the issue. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So as I said before, it's Captain America Volume 7, Number 4. Uh, this had a release date of February 20th, 2013. Uh, it had a cover date of April 2013. And the creators are the same uh, as previously. So as I mentioned, we have Rick Remender as the writer, John Remender Jr. as the penciler, Klaus Jansen. Is it Klaus Jansen? Klaus Jansen? Uh, Johnson, I, I really don't know how to pronounce his name. I, I, cause I've heard it different, different ways. Right, and, yeah. um, uh, but he's a, an amazing, uh, inker and, uh, embellisher and finisher. Um, uh, and the colors, we got two colors just like last time. We have Dean White and Lee Lowbridge, letterer, Joe Caramanga, editor, Tom Brevoort and Lauren Sankovich. Would you like me to read the solicitation for this one, Bob? I'm, I'm not going to be happy unless you do. All right. I feel like I got to yell it because it's in all caps. That is, the, that is the standard. Yeah. Okay. Introducing Jet Black. She's waited her whole life for the chance to destroy Captain America. That's it. That's the whole solicitation. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I guess they decided to, to put it in all caps because they were lacking content. Short on words, so you know, make it big and bold. Yeah. The cover here, Bob, it, it, it is by John Romero Jr. and Klaus Jensen. Would you would you like to take the listeners through the cover? Sure, Rick. It's a it's a quite a busy cover. Um, you know, the we're we're in a, a setting, it looks a lot like you know, if you if you were to take the the cupola off the off the US Capitol building, right? And remove all of the, you know, the walls and everything and just have the superstructure. It looks like we're in one of those. What's a uh, cupola? A cupola. You know that I mean I loved Frank's movies, but I guess like a rotunda, you know? <laughs> You know, like on top of the U.S. Capitol building, that roundish thing. Right? Uh, my part. my uncle John, who was it was a, a riot. He was hilarious uh, when he would talk about someone who was heavy. He would say, "El Rotundo." <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the rotunda. Is this another joke about the because of the whole weight loss? Uh, no, no. Okay. No. Yeah, just keep talking keep, about. Keep keeping my eye on you. All right. See, I so, look at it. I look at it, and I think she's in a birdcage. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. That's all right. Could or be a or it's Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. 
It does look a bit like the Thunderdome. It does. Yeah. And we see in the background, there is a Zola on his throne. Mm -hmm. And he's just kind of chilling on the throne. And everywhere around him are mutates. And I will say, you know, hanging off the superstructure of this birdcage slash uh, Thunderdome slash uh, Rotunda. Uh, And behind Zola, I don't know if you notice this, but it looks a bit like Doughboy. Right? Doesn't it? Now that you mention it, yeah. <laughs> oh boy, God bless his soul. And then in the foreground, we see Jet Black. And now she's quite a bit older than we remember her in the first issue when she was a very young girl. Yeah, uh, and she went into like that, uh, uh, you know, arena to fight yeah, those those yeah. creatures and the door closed behind him. And he was just, she was just a little girl. Yeah. Well, she, apparently she survived and now she's a grown woman. Yeah, she and is. And she has uh she has long black hair and she's wearing mm-hmm. a uh a skin tight uh black I love that you always point out the women wearing skin tight. You never talk about Cap wearing a skin tight uniform. You said last time that you were going to start doing that. You haven't. But you are pointing out her skin tight well, I just, I think it's important. And I'm, 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 I'm it is important. Oh God, you look at it. Extremely important. You know, she does have a red cape. You know, I don't think capes are a good idea. I'm wearing my incredible shirt tonight. I know yeah. what can happen, exactly. uh, but it's a mid-length cape, right? It only comes down to really her waist. And the interesting thing about her bodysuit, this black skin type bodysuit is mm-hmm. it has uh, this gold trim. It's, a, it's an odd oh, pattern. It does. There's stripes around her calves, there's stripes mm. around her upper thighs, oh, and yeah. around her wrist area and upper arms, mm. and then uh, you know weird shapes across her torso and uh, abdomen, uh-huh. and then on her shoulders Keep she going. has Keep she going. has some armored you know pauldrons that essentially reach from the top of her shoulders down. I learn to new her words elbows. every time with you. Yeah, you know how I know pauldron? It's a you know it's a long course of study. You would think I would have uh, would have learned this in my military career over several decades, but mm-hmm. no, I learned it from Legos because <laughs> my son used to have the stormtrooper Legos, and he always wanted the pauldrons, the little red oh, pauldrons that stormtroopers yeah, sure. are. They're a sign of, I guess, rank or mm. the type of stormtrooper they are. So that's how I learned what pauldrons are. So she doesn't have are, this, they don't look rankish. They look more like defensive. Yeah, but they are defensive. They are they're you know they're a combination. Of of uh, like a pauldron and a gauntlet or something armored for her shoulders right and then she's got two big staffs yes that are uh you know metal and probably you know knowing zola they probably have special capabilities and then some headgear right Mm -hmm. uh and it's very reminiscent has a sort of loki look to it oh yeah gold gold band across the forehead and then these sort of swooping things on either side of her head pointing up and down and across her cheekbones and uh and She's a, she's a good looking woman, right? Mm. Yeah, but she, she looks fierce. Say. She looks like she's getting ready to engage in combat Indeed. with somebody approaching her. So I like, well done on the description. Very well done. I, I like uh, what you said. Uh, I, I'm looking at the black tor- uh, skin tight uniform and I'm looking at the middle on the torso. Mm. And now you won't be able to unsee it, but it is an outline of Mickey Mouse. It does appear to be Mickey Mouse. You can see right the Mouse in the here. middle of the yeah. torso is Mickey Mouse's body, and yeah. then you have little stick arms and yeah. stick legs, mm-hmm. and then you have the big ears. Yeah, I don't know why those big ears would be where they are, but it's well because those are that's her breast. Oh, the breastuses. Yes, yeah. you're right. Now that you mention it, now that you point them out, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
It's amazing. We haven't left 15. I know. I'm sorry to our one female <laughs> listener. <laughs> oh, we have we have plenty of female listeners. There's like three. Three. Okay. Well, three. I'm sorry to yeah. three of them for our immaturity. Yeah. Um, no, actually, I, I I forgot. I haven't looked at the, the demographics in a while. But it's probably like 95% male, 5% women. That's right. How it is. But anyway, so let's get to the comic bot. Let's get inside. Um, first page. We don't we won't call we won't count this as a page. It's a recap page. So it's not a page. But you like to do the previously and you do such a great job of. I think I think you should do it. Thank you. Thank you for the privilege, Rick. I won't blow it. Previously. Transported you, you to just sub- leave me to judge that. <laughs> Previously, transported to Dimension Z through the evil machinations of Arnim Zola, Captain America was subjected to strange and terrible experiments. He escaped Zola's clutches with one of two infants Zola had in the lab and survived with young Ian in the wilderness of Dimension Z while evading Zola's monstrous mutates. A year later, the two were captured by the Frocks, where Steve and Ian again narrowly escaped death after being mistaken for disciples of Zola. However, they are not out of danger yet, as their alliance with the Zola-hating Frocks is tenuous. And Zola's experiments on Steve have not only begun to make him weak and ill, they've yielded a version of Zola's electronic visage on Steve's torso. Very nice. And yeah, and that's how we left. Every issue is a cliffhanger. And so last issue, we had uh, Cap go up against the, you know, the the the, the leading leader frocks and and he goes up against a fight him and he gets sliced in the in the in the torso and he then defeats him. He goes off and he's wondering why he's not bleeding more. And turns out underneath the skin and the flesh on his chest there is a screen of zola's face just like on the middle of zola's body is his face in the middle of steve's body is zola's face and it's talking and it was talking to him and i think it said something like you know something about being his friend like don't don't hurt your your we're very close or something like that it was play on words yeah it was very but weird. uh it was it was quite yeah. the what yeah that was a full page splash too if i recall of him it, ripping open his shirt i believe you're right that. yeah all right let's get to this comic we go to the next page and bob holy crap yeah really are you kidding me here i want to know who owns this uh, full page splash because i want it well you said you know that was the same joke you said when you said one year later <laughs> you gotta get new material bob i'm consistent that's all uh-huh you know what to uh, get with me. it says 11 years later holy crap are you kidding me Cap has been in Dimension Z 12 years. That's crazy. That is crazy if you think about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love the idea. You know, the whole man out of time story played its course. It, quite frankly, it got old after a while, but that was the big thing, right? Cap was 22 years out of time, you know, when they found him in 1964. Right. So, 
uh, if you think about it, you know, 22 years, it's like you and me. Like if we go back to 2001, is there, are we really a man at a time? Like, right. would we, yeah. would we, you know, feel like, if, I'm sorry, if we went from 2001 to now, yeah, sure. There's some things that are different, but yeah, it wouldn't have been right. like, you know, um, the flying yeah. cars would throw me. Right. Yeah, it's and, true. Yeah. All that stuff. Robots. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. Catch me unawares. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, so we anyway, here we are 11 years later, truly Rick Remender is writing a story of cap, a man out of time. Um, and this is going to have major league uh, effects after this story. And we'll get to that towards the end of this, but I don't know. I just, I can't emphasize enough. That's crazy. We just skipped 11 years. Right. Yeah. So we, well, all right. Never mind. So we get to uh, this next page and it is a, a, a panel page. It's got like, you know, five panels on there and it's uh, it's really kind of crazy. It, you know, I mean, in this, in this dimension Z, it, it, it's very different here, right? Uh, there's creatures, the landscape, the skies, everything is, is a little different, a little weird. And uh, in this case, we have like purple skies and it's raining and uh, we see these creatures that are flying around, around these weird looking bushes and trees. And we hear the inner monologue of Steve Rogers. My head hasn't been this clear in months. Zola's gone quiet, taking a rest from his tireless assaults on my mind. But he's there, biding his time. And then these creatures that are flying around, they almost look like fish. Uh, and, fish. And, but then behind them, instead of a, like a, a fin, it's more like tentacles, mm. right? So, um, you know, and then they have uh, antenna uh, uh, where their eyes should be, and they're flying around at night, skulking through my dreams, watching, learning, look for a weakness to fill me with despair. He preys on my desolation, my longing for home, any way to get in. And then we cut to who's been watching these flying fish. But it's Steve and an older Ian, because it is 11 years later. And Ian has the shield. Quickly. Now. My only protection is to keep the fear at bay. To stay focused on the positive and what I have here. I never intended to raise this boy, but I'm glad to have saved him from Zola. And Ian throws the shield to to uh, release a giant net over top of the fish, but the fish get away. And Ian, an older Ian, you know, he's about twelve or thirteen here, says to to Steve. Now Steve has got his uniform is in tatters, right? I mean, it's, it, it, this is the same uniform he's been wearing every day for 12 years. And it's, it's got holes, it's got rips, the, the big rip across the, the torso. Remember when, when he was cut there is all like tied together, um, almost like shoelaces, 
you know, it, it looks very um, homemade. And then his, he still has the beard, but his hair is cut short, but it's choppy as if someone cut it with a knife rather than like haircut scissors or something. And then Ian is running and he's got longer hair and he has a little uniform with like maybe some armor on it to help protect him. And they are running after the fish. You tied the net too high. You waited too long to drop it. And they they bicker back and forth as the shield comes back to Steve's hand. Pointing fingers isn't going to feed the tribe. But at least they'll know who to blame. And then he says to Ian, the shield flies faster than you expect. You still haven't mastered it. And then they're running towards a cliff. So I'm going to cut back to Steve's inner, inner, inner monologue. And I'm going to go back just a little bit to, to capture this. But I'm glad to have saved him from Zola. Grateful to have had this time to watch him grow and teach, to train and teach him, to offer him a different path than the one Zola would have mapped. The boy is hot-tempered, sarcastic, and brash, but he's also honest, loyal, and tenacious. So there is this to be glad for. If I hadn't stepped on that train, I'd never have had the privilege of knowing Ian. And then they cut to the next page as they're leaping off the cliff. And it's an amazing image of Steve, full body, taking the shield, about to launch it, with a young Ian leaping next to him. But the, but the two words, the two blocks of words here on the page are powerful, Bob. And Steve finishes his thought by saying, I'd have never met my son. And then Ian says, show me how it's done, Pop. How cool is that? Very cool. I, I got to tell you, uh, this, this hits me hard in the feels because this is the first time we have seen Steve Rogers come out and say that he's a dad. And as, as a dad, that's really cool. Like I, I never really could relate to Steve on a lot of levels, you know, his, his physical proudness his you know, being an Avengers, you know, and, and so on. But I could relate to Steve Rogers, the man, I could relate to his personality. I could relate to his, his, uh, morals and things like that. But now, now I can relate to him as a father. Mm. And this was so cool for him to say, I'd never have met my son. And then the other cool thing was when this came out, my son was about the same age as Ian here is in this story. And he was, you know, going on 12. Um, and so he was roughly around the same age. And, and it just, it, it was so cool. And it just impacted me so much. I love this page so much so that I am really 
like grateful and honored that I was able to 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 get this piece um, from uh, an auction earlier this year, and so I'm now the, the you know the, the proud owner of this this particular page. You got that? You got that hanging up there, Rick? I I don't have it hanging, but I have it right here next to me. Oh, there it is. It's on my it's on my desk, uh-huh. and I keep it uh, sitting here right next to me so I can look at it every day. Nice. That is nice. Beautiful. Folks yeah. can't see it, but it's it's a beautiful piece. Yeah. I, I've I've shared it. I've shared it in the uh the Facebook group. And um uh I, maybe I'll put it in the comments or something um when we go to post this in the Facebook group. But uh I don't I just love this page. And then, you know, I, as I said, Ian said, show me how it's done, pop. And he says, I aim to impress. And he throws the shield in a way. That's different than normal because the shield is upside down yeah. as he's throwing it. But he hits the flying fish and it ricochets off and they land on the other side of uh, the jump and he gets the shield back into his hand. And Ian says, pretty good, pretty good. I just don't understand why we don't use the pistol. Total precision over brute force. A pistol doesn't become a part of the, of you the same way. It's important you learn to use her. You'll take it one day when I'm gone. Does everyone on Earth love an inanimate discus, or is it just, whoa? And they come up on a a camp that, but it's not just a camp. I mean, it's a it's a building and everything. A mutate outpost. Never seen this one close to home before. Zola's army is spreading. Let's get out of here. Mutate troopers are likely nearby. And then we do. We see one come up from behind, holding a weapon, about to fire it at them. And just then, Ian pushes Steve away and pulls out the pistol from his holster. And he yells, look out! And he fires it point blank in the face of the approaching creature and kills it. Makes a noise, Bob. What? It it, it it came from nowhere. And Steve takes the gun out of his hand. It's okay. It's a clean shot, son. No other choice. If Zola finds the Frock's cavern, Zola will take them for his experiments. Hurry. We have to get that burrow squid back to the clan. Food reserves are low. They're counting on us. What the hell could they be doing this far out? Language. Learned it from you. Well, whatever he wants, he's getting closer to us. And then Cap goes and he sees like a computer with a screen. The readout on this bike. The map is functional. My God, th- th- this is the key to everything. This this is what we've been looking for. What? It- it's a map to Zelandia. A map to, to the tunnel that, that can take us home. Home? You mean your home? Not my home. I, I don't even know where my home is. Ian, I found you in a dangerous situation and you got me out. I've heard it a million times. I'm old enough. I have the right to know where I came from. Who was my real father? What happened to my mother? And then just then we, we see a, a another voice 
but I think it's only a voice that Steve can hear in his head. Ah, the mother, yes. Let's tell the boy, Steve. You can see Ian's sweet mother, my beautiful Mary. She wouldn't give me children, tried to leave me when she discovered my lab. I let her leave in the town car to believe she had a chance of escape before I shot the tires out. You now remember the excitement I felt as I watched her crash. You remember the stark horror on her face as we pulled her from the wreckage. I got away in the end, didn't I? Tell him! Tell him there is no escaping the will of Zola! And all during this, uh, Steve's grimacing uh, as if in pain. And then he, he gets down to his knees and he puts his hands over his ears and his face. No, stop, please. Tell the boy the truth about what his father did to his mother. And Ian looks very concerned. Dad? And we cut to the Lower East Side of Manhattan in 1933. And it's a young boy with almost the same expression of concern on his face. And he is laying, it's a young Steve Rogers who is next to his mom, who is lying in bed, sick. Ma, the sulfonamide therapy. Yes, Angel, is it time for my medicine? Doc Williams gave us all he had, Ma. Go with your grandfather. <laughs> Get more, Angel. Hurry now. Grandpa Ian, Ma, Grandpa passed away last winter. Open up, Rogers. I know you're in there. And then Steve goes to answer the door. Hello, Steve. I appreciate you having integrity enough to answer your door, boy. Not all my tenants share your manners. Doesn't change that you're two months behind on rent. And uh, how would you describe the landlord, Bob? I'd say basically a fat Hitler. <laughs> Rotundo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, he is a large man. Yeah. Uh, it kind of resembles uh, the, the 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 Laurel and Hardy guy. Yeah, Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The, the chubby one. Yes, yeah, yeah. He does with with the Hitler mustache. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe you pay me now. My ma's sick. She hasn't been able to work, and and I've had to care for her. So. I haven't made any. I do not care. Rent tomorrow, or you and your ma'll have to go. Sorry. Stephen, who was it? No one, ma. I just got to run out for a bit. All right, Bob, next page is a huge splash. Uh, can you describe it maybe to the listeners? Sure. It's a, it's a street scene, uh, clearly from the Lower East Side of Manhattan. It's, uh, it's early winter, and uh, so it's snowing out. Folks are bundled up, and you can tell we are in the midst of, uh, of the Great Depression. There's uh, folks sitting, begging on the sidewalk, but there's also a guy with uh, 
I think they're colloquially known as a sandwich board. You know, the sign mm-hmm. that hangs in the front and the back. And mm-hmm. uh, it says, I need work, family man, age 35, and then some additional details. So it's, it's uh, there's some horse-drawn carriages, <clears throat> a couple, um, I think it's a Model A. Is that what that is in the background? Mm-hmm. So very, very much at that transition point between, uh, you know, where they're still using horse-drawn carriages and, and, and automotive vehicles. There's sellers of fruit on the side of the road. It's just a busy street scene that you might expect to see in, in old New York City in the 1930s. Very well put. So then we see Steve walking on the sidewalk and he comes up to uh, a young girl who's sitting on the, the steps in front of a building. Deidre, Steve, I I need help. My ma's sick. If I can't get her medicine, I don't know what's going to happen. God, Steve, I'm so sorry. Do you think, can you do me a favor? So then we go inside the building and then who's there, Bob? It's that bully and his friends, Rick. Yeah. Yeah, it's... uh, What's his name? I can't remember his name. Dingleberry, I think. Mm. No, was that it? No. Yeah, kind of. And they're sitting around uh, a table. They're playing cards. And there's money on the table. Dollar bills. I mean... It's, it's 1933 and there's cash on the table. Yeah. Right. They're not just playing with little coins and stuff. This is serious money. And um, so they're there and they're smoking and they're drinking. And uh, the big bully says, Steve Rogers, same runt wouldn't so much as introduce all Hutch to his ma. But now that she's sick, he comes to me for help. And Deidre, apparently, you know, her and Hutch are an item now. So she goes up and she puts his puts her hand on his chin and, come on, baby. It's his ma. Street code still means something. Can't you help him out some, please? Sure. And he takes the toothpick out of his mouth because, you know, guys walk around with toothpicks in their mouth. That was, that was a, you were a tough guy if you did that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Sure, I can help. And he smiles. Help Shrimpo to help himself. And we cut to in front of a pharmacy. There's a, a young boy there and he's holding up the Daily Bugle. And what's the what's the headline say, Bob? Hitler made Chancellor of Germany. Hot off the press. Just two cents. And so Steve goes in. And he closes the door behind him in the pharmacy. And there's an older man there, white haired and long mustache, wearing a, you know, a suit without the, without the sport coat. Yeah, he's got the, uh, he's got the vest on, right? With the pocket, yeah, the tie. with the, with the tie, you know, with that chain that, you know, yeah. 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 Can I help you? I, I, I don't. And then just then a brick comes through the window. And it makes a noise, Bob. Ash! And Steve puts his hands up to, 
to hide himself from the, the broken glass. And the proprietor goes outside and and he sees these two two guys there and but they're not running away. They're 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 like, yeah, what are you gonna do about it? Lousy little punk rats, what are you after? You got a cure for this rash? I got it on my can, mister. And he turns and shows his butt at him. Come on over and get a good close look. And as he's doing that, Steve's going in and he's stealing the medicine jars that he needs for his ma. And then he sees the cash registers open. And he goes in and he pulls a whole bunch of $10 bills. That's a lot of money back then. And the proprietor turns around to go back in and rotten damn kids. I'm sorry, son. Come back and I'll help you. No, thanks. And he walks away. I, I think I changed my mind. And he goes and he sees Hutch and the other kid. Well, did you pull your big heist? Hand it over. And he hands him the cash. Nice. But I know what he had in the till. Kept some, didn't you, Shrimpo? Go on, keep it. Shows you got some stones. Might make an honest gangster out of you yet. Should be proud of yourself, Rogers. And he puts his hand on top of his head and rustles his hair. You done good. So Steve walks in with a, a bag full of, looks like groceries and the medicine. Steve, the rent. We need to find the money. Salvador came back. And he's giving uh, the medicine to his mom in a glass. I paid him, Ma. Uh, I've been working a new job. It'll be okay. I'll keep working. I'll get us what we need. Just till you're better again, okay? I promise. I'll do whatever it takes. And she's laying on her bed and she could... She can't even lift her head up. Not whatever it takes, Steve. I don't know where you got this money, but you listen to me. Your father let his circumstances change him from a good man to a weak one. You promise me you'll never do the same, Steve. You promise me no matter what, you'll be a good, honorable man no matter the circumstances. It would kill me to see these hard times change you. You are a good person, Steve. Promise me you'll always keep that intact. So we cut to the next panel, and Steve's going back into the pharmacy. Can I help you? I I'm the boy who stole your money. And the man who had his back to him up on a ladder slowly turns and doesn't say anything. My mom's real sick, and it doesn't make it right. I know. I'm sorry. I, I know it was wrong. If you'll let me, I'll work off the money and the damages. I'm a hard worker. I'll work as long as you say until you're paid back. Then he looks at him. And then he points to the back. Broom and mop in the back. 
get started before I change my mind. And then we cut to a, a panel. It's it's dark. It's just a dark panel, but it has a few thought balloons. And if if I'm looking at the font right, it's the same type of balloons that we heard from Arnim Zola in, in Steve's head before. You're nothing to him but ransom, a tool to get at me. Your captor is a thief, a common kidnapper. He is not your father. I am. And we cut to Ian looking over a resting Steve and seeing the face of Zola on Steve's abdomen. And he's basically finding out that, you know, Zola is talking directly to Ian. And Steve wakes up. No. Escape. Go now. Kill the charlatan if you must. Shut the hell up. What is that? Th that face. It it's him? Are you Zola? No. It's a Zola consciousness virus. It, 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 is it true? Is it? Zola is my father? And Steve just looks at him and doesn't know how to react. It's true. And you never told me. I was, I couldn't leave you in his hands. A young child. I, I couldn't just leave you. Before we left, he infected me with this virus. And he's wrapping himself back up so no one could see it. It's been trying to take me over for years, Ian. His mind is seeping into mine. His memories intermingling with my own. I can't fight it anymore. And he looks down. When? When were you going to tell me? When there was no longer any hope I could hold him off. But now we know how to get to Earth. We're getting out of here, Ian. Now. What about the frocks? If Zola finds them... We'll come back with my friends, the Avengers, whoever is left. We'll come back. But we must go now. If I don't get back soon and get help, Zola will finish me. And it's funny, when he was saying all that, we see the, another mural that was painted on the wall. And who is it, Bob? Yeah, it, uh, well, it's obviously some of the Avengers. We see the Hulk, we see Thor, we see Iron Man and Spider-Man and Hawkeye. And uh, I'm not sure. Is that supposed to be Black Widow? Who is that? I, I don't quite, know. I don't know who that is. I mean, it looks like she has, uh, well, it could be a hood um, and not gold hair. I, I'm not sure who, who that is, um, but it's, a, it's an interesting mural. I guess he painted that mural. Yeah. Uh, some sort of comfort in his quarters. Yeah. So then we cut to, um, you know, a pretty big panel of a it looks like Zelandia where the the woman we saw on the cover uh she is flying some sort of contraption that has a one of the the frocks in in the in captivity on there and she's flying through the city and then she lands and then we see all those mutates Pink face bring food. We do the kills. Mutates am the ones. And then we see two guards there. All gravel before Her Grand Majesty Jet Black. 
Princess Zola. And so she brings the captive into Zola, who is sitting on the throne that you mentioned on the front cover, and uh, the terror dome above them. I found this one in the Red Springs, father, alone. Odd. A fox chief never leaves his tribe. We must have killed them. No, the mind walkers saw his thoughts. He was banished years ago. Banished by Captain America. It, it can't be. He couldn't possibly have survived. Zola! And... All right, I was all right. I'm gonna have to pivot here, Bob. So I was going to do this as t-shirt worthy, but I'm gonna do it as my favorite panel instead, and that is uh, page for the splash, right? The one where he says, "I'd never met my son." The page I own, right? That th this is of all the pages in in panels in this story, this is uh, my favorite for all the reasons I said before. Right. Is yeah. this is the very first time that we see Cap referred to as a father. And um, it's so it's very impactful. Um, and I, I love also the way that uh, Remita, uh does the layout of this. So you see the like the way Cap is twisting his body. Um, and and it's, it's an amazing page uh so i was going to do this as t-shirt worthy but instead i'll do this as my favorite panel since you took mine oh i'm well it's a good choice nonetheless but what about t-shirt worthy um i'm going to go with the next panel on the next page where right. cap throws the shield upside down nice and he says i aim to impress mm. right I, yeah. I, I would want that on a t-shirt with the word balloon with the word balloon and the shield being thrown. I want that whole image. Interesting. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. All right. I like it. I like it. I'm going to go with the the last page. Uh, I should say the, the 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 last splash page before the last page, and that is of the four Captain Zolandia. Mm. Uh, you know, I sometimes like a nice villain shirt. I've got sure. a nice red skull one, and I think you know, uh, done right, this could be kind of a cool uh, image on a shirt. Um, so. Uh, I'm going to go with that one just to, to okay. be, be different. I, that is totally different. Uh, what are you putting in your time capsule? Ooh, well, uh, tough choice, Rick. Tough choice. Uh... Yeah, that's right. Go with the obvious one, Bob. Which is the obvious one to you? That's what you said to me before in the previous... Uh -huh. Oh, was it? Is that... yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the the sulfonamides. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna go with the sulfonamides um, because that was definitely a product of their time, right? They were. And it was a tongue twister for me. Yeah, it was, and it was a tongue twister for you. They came out in the 1930s, and by the 1940s, they were largely overtaken by penicillin. So you know, for that brief time period. Um, they were the only really antibacterial medicine out there available. So um, how'd you know that? Yeah, created by uh, you know Germans actually, German laboratories. How did you know that? Uh, because I researched it, Rick. You know I like to research, prepare. So you for never this show. before reading this issue, you no, never knew that. And no, you I, did... I knew sulfur medicines, right? Sulfur medicines were were commonly used in World War II. They were issued to soldiers. 
So, I mean, I knew that um, because they didn't, they didn't really have penicillin uh, up in production until like well, almost by like 1943, 1944. And any, so before then they would give you sulfur. Um, you just like dump it in wounds or take it in water and stuff. Uh, it wasn't nearly as effective as, as like penicillin as an antibiotic. But so I knew that, but I didn't really know the history of when the sulfonamides were developed. Um, so piqued my interest. So I looked it up. Yeah. You know what my dad used to have? He used to have iodine and that stung like a, you yeah. wouldn't, ah, oh, that hurt. <laughs> I'll never and forget you'd get a cut. One, of, one of my son's cuts. You'd get a cut. <laughs> And then you'd be crying, right? Because you're a little little kid. And you'd be crying, and he'd be like, "You want me to get the iodine?" <laughs> and he'd stop crying because the iodine hurt worse than the cut. Right? Yeah. 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 Good stuff. Oh, good, good stuff. time. Yeah. And then when they created Bactine, I was like, "Oh, hey, <laughs> you know what? Get the ouch out or whatever the tagline." Get the out, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. That's yeah, Bactine was. Oh, much better than iodine. Oh, my God. Bring them back to memories. Well, what about your time capsule? Rick? I'm going to go with um, page 10. Uh, that gigantic splash that you so beautifully Ooh, described. Nice. Right? Um, yeah. Because it, there's just so much going on in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great page. really is captures that time period. I mean, it, it's just, it really is. It's... Um, that's going in my time capsule for obvious reasons. So much detail, uh, mm -hmm. so much detail. And, uh, you know, and I got to tell you, I like, um, I thought you were going to go with the, with the daily bugle. I, that was my backup okay. plan in case right. you took this one. But you know, that's a, that's a, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? Because, you know, because I know this stuff off the top of my head, Rick, uh, Adolf Hitler was made chancellor of Germany in January 30th, 1933. So we can presume that this newspaper is maybe the next day. January mm -hmm. 31st, 1933. So we know exactly when this story is occurring, right? Well, you know, sometimes it takes a little time for news to make it over. So maybe instead of January 31st, it could have been January 32nd, January 33rd. You never know. That's it's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. That's why I count on you. <laughs> uh, yeah. See that, so it see, is that's what kid. I was talking about. People don't yeah. know. Yeah. They don't when know. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> my friends know the people who know me know <laughs> yeah so so there you have it folks all right next episode bob uh um how would you like to visit 69 with me well i'd rather <laughs> never mind i'm not no i'm not going there <laughs> uh, come on bob 69 with me we'll uh we'll you know, it's a, it's a good time period. Yes. You know, it reminds me, I was watching The Office this afternoon with my son, you know, uh -huh. I got him from work and we're watching an episode and they were, and, uh, you know, Kevin, one of my son's favorite characters, you know, Kevin, the big guy who works in accounting, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Toby and um, who's the guy? Who's the guy who used to be the foreman down in the warehouse? Um, anyway they're, they're both they're selling girl scout cookies for their daughters and they're mm -hmm. like trying to like sell them to kevin and they're like trying to like muscle each out of the way and kevin's like no 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 i want you two to fight over me i want you to wine dine and 69 me <laughs> <laughs> and he's like well just hypothetically the theoretically right sorry oscar no offense <laughs> you know <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, we're going to go to 1969. So yeah. um, it is, you had a great suggestion to, to visit this. You know what, Bob? We have yet to do a Jim Steranko issue. Yeah. Yeah, there's and, not that many to pick from. Right, there's only three. Yeah. Uh, I I still get asked, why didn't Jim Steranko make it into your uh, ca- favorite Captain America artist? I'm like, because he only did three issues. Yeah, right. you had cut off with six, right? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. if we took anybody who did three issues, it would have had to been like a, you know, in the 50s, 60s, yeah. you know, as far as right. amount of people. So anyway, I mean, listen, I'm I'm not... Oh my God! Don't get mad at me. I don't need to get pinged, I Jim, and I don't need Jim showing up at my door, banging yeah, on my door, emails, yeah. and all that. But yeah, he, th- those are great three issues. Don't get me wrong, great mm-hmm. three issues. But anyway, um, we're gonna we're gonna cover Captain America one ten, his first his first Cap issue, and uh, where he actually uh, battles the Hulk. Yeah. What? Yeah. Captain America versus. The Hulk? Yeah. That that's gonna be something. I mean interesting story. So yeah. And I'm might looking even, forward to this. Might even be a there might even be a new Bucky. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. gonna be fun. All right. So come back next episode 136. We will cover Captain America 110 by Jim Steranko from 1969. Awesome. So that'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. All right, Bob. As always, I gotta say it has been a lot of fun wrapping cap with you. Yeah, this has been a ball. I've enjoyed uh, tonight's story and I'm looking forward to being back same time, same bat place next week. You know, it's cap place. Oh, Bob. cap place. That's right. Yeah, that's, yeah. How, that's how we roll. All right. He's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis, and you have been listening to another episode of the Captain America comic book band. <laughs> Thank you.